thank you so much for listening today. We have a little favor to ask you before we start the podcast. And that is to head on over. If you're listening to us on Apple, can you please leave us, leave us a review? We've got seven reviews at the moment. We know there's so many people listening to us and not many people have left us a review. So we really would love to move up the rankings and to spread the word about our podcast. If you're listening on Spotify or any of your other podcast apps, like and share on social media is so important for us to spread the word, spread it like a town crier. Go ahead. And uh, thank you so much in advance for um, liking and helping us spread the word about the podcast. A grand fanfare welcome to our podcast, Keeping Up With The Windsors dedicated to the royal family each episode will be crowned to the rafters with opinions news and commentary on the comings and goings of the family of windsor with your hosts and royal fan girls rachel andrews and michelle thole so grab yourself a cuppa straighten up your tiara shine your knighthood round up your corgis and, and let's keep up with the windsors hello and welcome to this week's episode of keeping up with the windsors i'm rachel and i'm michelle hello everyone Hello everyone. Coming up in today's episode, we're going to be talking all about the baby news from Princess Beatrice and Edo. And we get into depth about what Rachel and I think of the Prince Philip documentary that was aired here in the UK this week. So keep listening. We went back to Windsor Castle last weekend, which was really fun. Oh, it was so, so good. We had such a great time, actually. And it was such a hot day, which is really surprising for the UK at this time of year. Yeah, we arrived and Rachel and I looked at each other. We were both wearing jackets and we were like, nah. (laughs) No, let's <laughs> not use these. <laughs> so as we got into Windsor Town, we just caught the back end of changing of the guard, which was really cool to see. We'd actually gone into the castle at this point. So the police, um, you can't go beyond a certain point. So they cut it all off. But we did actually see a few mini changing of the guard is whilst we were near St. George's Chapel. And I posted that on our Instagram. So if you want to have a look at it, there's a picture of me and Michelle with um, one of the Queen's guards. <laughs> Be like, oh, hello. <laughs> hello. And then, only us. Then a video of them marching down, which was really cool to see. And we also experienced something for the first time, didn't we? It was so special uh, that I'm going to let you explain this, Rach. Okay. So we went to St. George's Chapel first. We didn't go into the castle, we went into the chapel first. And I was speaking to a lady that volunteers there and she said, oh, are you local? And we were both like, no. And she said, oh, well, you know, service um, today is at 5.15. If you fancy coming along, it's free. You don't need um, entry into the castle. And we were like, why not? Let's go back and let's experience a service at St. George's Chapel. So that's exactly what we did. And it was glorious. Like the choir was just out of this world. And we actually, because we watch, um, you know, all the events on TV, church service wise, we actually um, recognised some of the faces in the choir, didn't we? We did, yeah, yeah. There were two faces that were in Prince Philip's funeral who sang. Yes. And we were yeah. like, oh my goodness, like those are the people from the funeral. Yeah, and it was funny because after when we came out, it was only a 45-minute service, but when we came out, we were just outside the entrance and we saw one of the um, choir members. He obviously had just ripped his robes off and just walked straight out. <laughs> 
He's like, it's it's Saturday night. Let me have some fun. <laughs> no, my now. work is done. I yeah. worship God. Let's go and have a pint. I loved him. <laughs> I mean, we don't know whether he was going to have a pint. We just put that in there. <laughs> he was literally just leaving the castle. So uh, <laughs> I don't want to get into trouble or anything. <laughs> so yeah, if you're ever in the area, you don't actually have to have a pass to go into the castle to um, attend church service. Mm. so I would definitely recommend it just to experience it because it was just so amazing and you know to think that the last time we was there was before Prince Philip's funeral and a lot more things had opened up yeah hadn't they yeah and you have to think of how like there's 10 monarchs that are buried at the at the the chapel it's such a place of worship for hundreds and hundreds of years there's something so traditional but also so special about being there and it like I say it was it was such a wonderful experience and it's definitely something that beforehand we we would have liked to we actually said last time we went oh wouldn't it be nice if we did this and actually we stayed around to do that and I'm so glad that we did it was brilliant yeah and we were saying as well that um it would be quite good to go back around Christmas yeah although I think that's a very hard ticket to come by when you think of it (laughs) (laughs) I was also thinking in my head we're where I was sat within the chapel who in Harry and Meghan's wedding was sat where I was yeah and I think it was probably Elton John or someone (laughs) (laughs) Elton John and David Furnish (laughs) yeah or like one of the models oh who is it like Cara Delevingne or someone I I feel like that's where we were sat but honestly it was such a wonderful experience what I love about Windsor as well is this is our second time visiting. So we didn't actually spend a lot of time within the state rooms. However, we did go and see the Prince Philip celebration exhibition that's on at the moment. So what did you think of that, Rach? Personally, I was a bit disappointed. I thought there would have been a lot more personal artifacts, things that have belonged to him. It was nice. It was a nice add-on. Don't get me wrong, because we didn't have to pay anything extra to go and see it. But um I was a bit disappointed. There was a stunning portrait of him that was taken for his 90th birthday. Yeah. And the workmanship was just incredible. And you actually said that is the most like, what's the word, like likeness? Yeah, likeness. Yeah. 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 Of him. Yeah. Actually, of anyone I've ever seen a picture of, it was so real. And um, it was such a wonderful depiction of Prince Philip. And obviously, it's pride of place within uh, Windsor I'm not sure whether it's in Windsor all the time but it was such a wonderful painting I found it interesting but I also found uh, exactly how you said it Rachel is how I found it I wanted more of his personal um, items whereas what we found was countries giving him items of things that might be of interest to him um, or things that may possibly be his but in different parts of the of the palaces and they tried to bring it all together but just didn't really work if that makes sense and I'm not saying that in a very negative way because it was wonderful to be there and to see it mm. but for me like Rachel even you even made a joke what did you want to see his boxer shorts or something I was like no it's not that <laughs> personal <laughs> and we saw his coronation robes they are in pristine condition and um Obviously, not the same robes that he would wear for um, the Order of the Garter. Yeah, yeah, they're different. Yeah. What was your favourite item on display? I would probably say the portrait, because that takes pride of place. Mm. But there was also a um, diamond bracelet that he had made for the Queen. And that was um, really cool to see. 
what would you say was your favorite thing well two interesting things that I really enjoyed seeing was a gift given to the prince from Nelson Mandela and it was the most beautiful chess set and unfortunately we couldn't take any pictures so you'll just have to you know, go, go with what I say. It was really, really lovely, very colorful and um, depicted South Africa. It was wonderful. And then he also had a pair of cowboy boots from Houston, Texas, which I was like, yeah, I love it. It was brilliant. (laughs) And they had Prince Philip on them. It was was just, it was wonderful to see that every single time you see a royal trip somewhere, they get presents, they give presents and they receive presents. So it was, it like I say, although those things were nice to see, I would have liked to have seen a bit more personal stuff. Moving aside from uh, Prince Philip's exhibition, the one thing I absolutely loved, which is actually very, very rare that you will see in Windsor at the moment, in the Waterloo Chamber, usually on both sides of the room are massive paintings. And because they're having the uh, ceiling refurbished at the moment, those paintings have been taken away. But underneath was left the pantomime uh, paintings. And basically these paintings were commissioned back in World War II when uh, Queen Elizabeth and Princess Margaret, obviously princesses back then, they used, they were in, in hiding from World War II and they were in Windsor Castle and they used this room to put on pantomimes. So they commissioned these paintings to be um, drawn, I think from like a local person um, and they did it on wallpaper. And it was just, and they put this up and you could see like all the joints and stuff of the paintings, but one was depicting Red Riding Hood, another one Cinderella, and it was everywhere. And they say, because these paintings are never taken away from their frames, only on these, these special occasions, you know, with a roof being done, you never see what's underneath there. So it was wonderful. It was like, oh my goodness, what is this? When you walk through, you're like, um okay this is a bit random and then you've got the story behind it yeah and that room that we went into it actually said on the um because you get given like an audio guide as you're going around and it said that this room was used for state occasions so they have banquets and dinners and parties in that particular room and that wasn't open last time that we went so that was really interesting to see so yeah, if you have a chance, go to Windsor. It's so steeped in history. Everywhere you look, there's a story to be told. And what's wonderful is it is a working castle. So there's always something to look at and people to see and, you know, cars coming back and forth and who works there <laughs> yeah. and what are they doing, you know? It's, it's, it's very interesting. So moving on from Windsor, last week's show, you teased <laughs> us with your Dickie Arbiter encounter <laughs> on, the, on your cruise. So... Tell us more about what happened when you met Dickie Arbiter. Okay, so let's set the scene. I went on a cruise around the British Isles for seven days and I didn't know who was going to be any of the guest speakers. And one of the guest speakers was Dickie Arbiter and he was the press secretary for the Queen and also for Prince Charles and uh, Princess Diana from, I think, 1988 to 2000. And he was on there talking about his uh, work with the royals and the monarchy and, you know, and giving a talk, and then he did a, a Q&A. So something to note about this, I wasn't sat there on my own doing a podcast interview with him. We had to give our questions beforehand, and then the presenter would ask Dickie Arbiter the questions. So I did ask him some very, very hard-hitting questions. First off, I asked this question, 
Have you ever advised Charles or Diana to lie in any press statements to cover anything or protect their image? And he um, answered, uh, and obviously this is me, um, what's the word? Paraphrasing. Yeah, paraphrasing. But he basically said that he would never tell anyone to lie to the press because a lie will always be found out and you will always be, you know, in your head, you'll be thinking, "Is should I be saying this? Should I be saying that?" Rather than just openly and honestly saying what is is said. Um, so he basically answered the question, but you know, I think I I, I would if it was me on the stage, I probably would have probed him a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> um, I also asked, "Do the institution have their finger on the pulse when it comes to what we think as the public and obviously people like with YouTubes and podcasts and stuff?" And he said that the monarchy have the best in the business and they know everything. He said, so don't you worry. Yeah, I know. So maybe they're listening to us right now. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He said, don't you worry. They know every facet of people's viewpoints. um, And like I say, they've got the best in the business to help them navigate that. Again, like I say, I am paraphrasing what he said, but he that's basically that the um the the main bits of it. I asked him about the racism claims and the bullying claims, and he he didn't really say anything about the bullying claims um with regards to Megan and the staff there, but he did say, and obviously he wasn't there at the time because he left in 2000, but he did say that he does believe that the institution isn't racist. He said from the work that he's done in there and also all the work they do with the Commonwealth, he said he can say hand on heart that the Queen and all of the people he's worked with are not racist. But that is his own own point of view. And obviously this is him and I'm paraphrasing. Um, I asked also he said that one of the one of his favorite people to work with is Princess Anne. And we were like, yay! Yay. We knew that was going to be the answer. We knew it. He said, you do not realize how hard she works. And we were, and I, in my head was like, I know (laughs) the Royal community know how hard she works. Um, I asked him about 11 questions. I have to say, so I'm not going to tell you everything I said, but um, he did have to sign a, um, like a secrecy act. Uh, non-disclosure yeah he did yeah so he said and I said I asked the question does that affect your um your career now moving forward as a commentator and he said he just he knows where the line is he knows what he can say and what he can't say Mm. he said he's allowed to say little anecdotes about the queen and and you know his experiences with people he worked with um, but he knows what he can say and what he can't say. So um, we'll leave that up to Dickie to, you know, <laughs> do his thing. What's also lovely is he do have a book. I'll put a link to his website. So if you do want to, you know, inquire a bit more about who Dickie is, then feel free to do that. Remember, anything we say in the podcast will be linked in the show notes, any links, charities, patronages, um, et cetera, et cetera. So that'll be in the show notes. And it does take me a while to do. So go ahead and click them. <laughs> um I also got speaking to a few of the lovely royal community on board the ship which was brilliant and um somebody I've speaking to actually said that Rachel and I should definitely visit Highgrove Gardens so hopefully we'll we'll put that in in the diary we'll have to book it in if we are going quite soon yeah 
and a very high recommendation for the Royal Yacht Britannia, which is in, I think it's in Edinburgh. And the lady I spoke to said about having afternoon tea on there and it's like a museum. So I think, you know, if we're ever in Scotland, Holyrood House, (laughs) 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 if we're ever in Scotland, um, it's something that I think would be a great place to visit. Yeah, I, I would like I say I've got I've got plenty more. And if if you ever come to a future the royal community meetup, which I'm sure will happen <laughs> sometime in the future, please feel free to ask me about Dicky Arbiter, and I'll tell you all the goss, all the goss. So let's move on now to the royal roundup for this week because there's quite a lot to go through. <laughs> So we've seen a myriad of engagements this week and there's no denying the royals are back from their holidays now. They are in full force, full force. (laughs) There's a lot, isn't there? So last week, The Crown, one of our favourite TV shows, won so many Emmy Awards. Well deserved. Well, well deserved. And here is a rundown of what they won. So they won Best Drama Series, obviously. Of? That's the main one. Lead actress for Olivia Colman as The Queen. Lead actor, Josh O'Connor as Prince Charles. Supporting actor, Tobias Menzies as Prince Philip. Supporting actress, Gillian Anderson as Margaret Thatcher. And guest actress, Claire Foy as the Queen. I was going to say, when you said Gillian Anderson, I was going to go, Your Majesty. (laughs) Your Majesty. Majesty. (laughs) Well done. So... Guys, we've been talking about The Crown for so long now. The Crown episode is, Michelle, when's that coming? Next week, episode 30. Episode 30, we're going to have The Crown special. It's going to um, encapsulate the whole of series one. I mean, it's going to be a super, 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 super long episode. (laughs) So grab yourself a cuppa and sit down and enjoy it because it took us ages to record because we we could have spoken for another three hours on it, really, couldn't we? (laughs) <laughs> well, I think we recorded for two hours and we were like, right, now we've got to stop now. <laughs> so I've got a lot of um, editing ahead of me, but I'm looking forward <laughs> to it. I really am. And, and we've been saying for such a long time about getting the crown episode up. So it's coming next week. Thank you so much for being patient with us. Um, yeah, me going on holiday. But then I wouldn't have, wouldn't have spoken to Sticky Arbiter. So anyway, anyway, long story exactly, short. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Um, we also found out that little Mila featured on uh, Catherine's Hold Still project. And we've spoken about yep. loads of times. If you want to know more about Mila, we talk about her specifically in episode 13, The Princess and the Pink Dress. So head on over there after this one if you want to listen more about Mila and her meeting um, Catherine. She won this week the Scottish Little Champions Award. And I just need to talk about her in this episode today and just say congratulations to little Mila. Bless her. So we also found out that Naomi Campbell, the supermodel, the supermodel is the new Queen's Commonwealth Trust Ambassador. And during the announcement held at Cafe Royal Hotel in London, Naomi said, it is my privilege to accept this role as global ambassador for the Queen's Commonwealth Trust. Regardless of where you are from or where you are now, there are young leaders within your community doing amazing work. Sometimes they are not seen and some of them may not even see themselves as leaders yet, but they all deserve our support and access to education and resources. Yeah. So what do you think about Naomi Campbell then with this new role? I'm pretty sure I've seen her be involved with uh, the Prince's Trust, which is the trust led by Prince Charles. So I think this is a 
a natural progression for Naomi. And that's a continuation for her humanitarian work. Yeah, I agree. And it'd be interesting to see what happens moving forward. Um, I think she's always been a very great supporter of the Commonwealth. And I think this role is going to be a really good one. We've had the second Spencer trailer this week, Rach. Oh my goodness me, the second Spencer trailer. And we heard Kristen Stewart speaking more, didn't we? So we've heard more of her Diana accent. Yeah, we have. Can I just say that, you know, we, we've we said it every single time we've mentioned it on, on the podcast. We're not massive fans of Kristen Stewart. However, I'm liking the, the film a little bit more now. I've seen a bit more of the, um, the trailer. Yeah. And I think we're probably just going to have to bite the bullet, aren't we, and go and see it. <laughs> Do you know what? I don't want to go see it with you in the cinema. Oh, thanks. Because I know. No, I mean, I love you. But um, <laughs> I think, to be honest, me and you, um, I feel like we need to go see it separately and then do the podcast straight after. Mm. Because we'll have so many uh, possibly different, different views. opinions. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think keeping them separate would be better. But then again, you know, I always love a cinema trip with you, Rach. So, <laughs> so this week, the Duke and Duchess of Sussex are in New York. And we saw them at the observatory at the One World Trade Center paying their respects. They met with New York City Mayor Bill de Blasso, his wife and son, as well as New York Governor Kathy Hochul. And they are in New York ahead of the Global Citizen event for global vaccine equality on Saturday. And this is going to be shown in the UK. I've seen and I actually saw an advert for it last night on TV. Ah, okay. So I know that's going to be shown in the UK, which will be interesting to see. The Prince of Wales and the Duchess of Cornwall attended the Battle of Britain service at Westminster, marking its 81st anniversary. The annual service marks the victory and the loss of life by the Royal Air Force during the Battle of Britain in 1940. A spitfire and a hurricane flew over Westminster Abbey, which was brilliant. And afterwards, they both met air cadets and war veterans, tradesmen and aviators in the Assembly Hall of Church House in Westminster. We also saw Camilla wearing the beautiful um, dress coat that she wore in Royal Ascot this year. And she was um, wearing her RAF brooch. Oh, I love this RAF brooch. It's so um, intricate, the detail on it. Do you think we should have a a Keeping Up With The Windsors brooch? Why not? I know, why not? You know, merch coming soon. It's not. (laughs) (laughs) Now, the Duke and Duchess of Rothsay, as we know, that's Prince Charles and Camilla when they're in Scotland. They were up in Aberdeen, opening the Aberdeen Art Museum after its redevelopment. And it was supported by the Lottery Heritage Fund and Aberdeen City Council. Now, Prince Charles wore a wonderful kilt and he also, well, they both made a little stop outside before heading inside um, because they were greeted by the most adorable school children waving flags. It was just, oh, it was so amazing. So cute. Uh, They both unveiled, now they didn't unveil a plaque, they unveiled Robert the Bruce's sword, marking the 700th anniversary of the granting of the Freedom Lands to Aberdeen we don't really have a saying for a sword I mean I was gonna think of Braveheart but it's that's William Wallace isn't it not Robert Bruce. yeah and I feel like they don't it's not very often they're gonna reveal a sword no, is it so no. sword in the stone <laughs> <laughs> uh, and finally from Clarence House this week we had a sustainable fashion show by Vin and Omi using material sourced from the Castle of May which was recommended by Prince Charles Love this. Absolutely loved this. I loved this. I saw this and I was like, 
Ashton and Clarence House, who fought it? But it works. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Let's move on to the Cambridge socials this week. What's happened, Rach? So we had a action-packed solo engagement from Kate this week. She headed to the Lake District to meet with Ike and Arek, who were two Holocaust survivors who visited the lakes to help rebuild their lives with recreation, art therapy and sports. And a group of 300 child Holocaust survivors came to the Lake District to heal from the trauma known as the Windmere children. When I saw this come up, it reminded me of when I was at school and we used to have a Holocaust survivor come into our school and she would basically tell the tale of what happened to her um, when she was in the concentration camp Auschwitz, which is very harrowing. And to this day, I don't know how these people survived what they've been through. So it's great that they was able as children to come to places in Britain, such as the Lake District, where they could help to recover not just emotionally but mentally and physically what they had been through and all that they survived like the lake district is such a beautiful part of the country and there's something so healing about nature it's it's always available to you you don't it's not there as at a price anyone can access nature so it was a wonderful engagement and very poignant actually because it's important that we never forget about what happened in World War II, it's important that um, the survivors get to speak and to still be remembered for their absolute bravery and courage. It, it, it was probably my favourite engagement this week. Yeah. The Duchess also opened the RAF Air Cadets Windmere Training Centre and she joined a group of cadets mountain biking and abseiling. <laughs> she was very sporty. She was looking Love sporty. It. She was, yeah, I think everyone was a bit shocked. They were like, oh, what's going on and the video that they posted on the uh, Instagram which was uh, really cool to see was her mountain biking through the woods it's like action Kate go yeah she was like action Barbie wasn't she yeah. let's do this <laughs> let's do this um she was wearing those amazing Chloe boots which I I would love in my wardrobe I love those boots that she wears yeah exactly I love them as well and we also saw Catherine holding a gathering for those who were behind the whole steel project. And she said it took a long time to bring everyone behind this incredible project together in person. But tonight we finally managed it. The idea for Hold Steel came right at the start of the pandemic and aimed to bring people and communities together using the amazing power of photography. Yeah, and I think this will really go down as one of the most important art projects of the 21st century and that's a big statement but I'm gonna say it it was so important yeah because it's capturing a moment in time isn't it yeah and those pictures will be there for years and years to come so let's move on to Prince William he was at the football yay and as we know he is president of the football association the FA and he attended a fan-led review into the English football system held at Dulwich Hamlets FC. He heard fans sharing their views on the governance, ownership and financial stability of clubs across the sport. And then we also saw him in the crowd watching his beloved Aston Villa yeah. play. And he, there was a few um, hairy moments for William and he didn't look too happy at one point, then he was happy at another point. But that's the ups and downs of football, isn't it? Yeah. Guess what, Rach? What's happened now? <laughs> it's Chelsea Flower Show! Yay! Well, yes. it's, it's different, isn't it, this year? Because it's normally held yeah. in May, but it's because of COVID. It couldn't go ahead. It was only online. And now it's September, which is um, a bit different, but glad to see it 
thriving. Yeah. And the Queen's still in Balmoral. Um, and so we saw other members of the royal family attend in her honour. So the Queen is patron of the Chelsea Flower Show. And it's uh, rather out of sorts not seeing her there, isn't it? Um, we were told that the Queen's favourite flower was Lily of the Valley. And it also featured in her coronation bouquet. Rach, what's your favourite flower? Peony. You love a peony? I love a peony. I had peony roses as my wedding bouquet. Uh-huh. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Um, but actually, my favorite flower, I love sunflowers and I love daffodils. Any yellow flowers, I love yellow flowers. Yeah. What was wonderful about Chelsea Flower Show is the Queen's green canopy because it took a starring role as the largest show garden with 21 trees and over 3,500 plants now if you don't know it's an initiative that invites everyone to plant a tree for the jubilee (laughs) yay it's a tree (laughs) (laughs) and it um it also works with 70 ancient woodlands across the uk to mark her majesty's 70 years of service um and obviously it's in um in connection to her Platinum Jubilee next year. And we found out the ambassador for the Queen's Green Canopy was none other than Dame Judi Dench. Yes. Uh, The flower show has had royal visitors dating back to King George V and Queen Mary in 1930. And that's the Queen's grandmother and grandfather, isn't it, Rach? Yeah, that's correct. And so this week we had appearances from the Princess Royal, the Earl and Countess of Wessex, the Duke and Duchess of Gloucester, and Princess Alexandra. And as we were pressing record on the podcast, we actually had some information about the Queen's um, Green Canopy. And that is that next week, we're going to have a joint engagement with Prince Charles and the Queen, um, which will officially mark the start of official planting season on the 1st of October. Ah, that's going to be good. Her Majesty and His Royal Highness who is the patron will plant a copper beech tree at Balmoral Castle in the historic cricket pavilion Ah! and school children from nearby will be invited to attend that will be really nice to see yeah yeah and we've actually heard that we're going to have a joint engagement between Charles and Camilla and William and Catherine next week. And they're going to be attending the No Time to Die James Bond premiere. Yes, I'm so excited. Ball gowns, ball gowns, ball gowns. The question is, if this wasn't on a weekday, I would be in London. I'd be, right, let's go. (laughs) Let's start queuing up. I reckon you do an all-nighter, Rach, and don't even worry about work. Call in sick the next day. (laughs) I hope your boss don't listen to this. Yeah. (laughs) And finally, to round up our lovely Royal Roundup this week, we had a formal picture of the Countess of Wessex at the start of the week wearing her Order of St. John's robes in Buckingham Palace. She is a grand president of St. John's Ambulance. And you know what? When I saw this this picture, I was a bit taken back because she looked like a sorority girl in America. Like, you know, (laughs) like the head of a sorority. I was like, um... Not quite sure if I like this. I quite liked it though. I think it's um I think because now that we have photographs, it's it's a bit different, isn't it? Obviously, back if you were looking at back a hundred or so years ago, you would have a portrait. So I I thought this was a nice um a nice nod and something, you know, to honor all of Sophie's hard work and dedication to the ambulance service throughout the years. I think you're right. I think this would look at this would have looked better as a painting rather than a picture. 
The Earl of Wessex, Prince Edward, visited the Lyft Youth Club and met Love and Loss Group who combat knife crime. He then went on to speak to a number of youth organisations from the Air Cadets to the Girl Guides for the launch of the youth organisation in Uniform Midlands. And finally, Edward attended the music charity B Music to view their redevelopment foyer space and bar. And there was a female jazz group that performed and a classical concert was enjoyed by the City of Birmingham Symphony Orchestra. Yeah. So the Earl of Wessex has had a busy week, hasn't he? The Earl of Wessex has been very busy. And as we've said before, we're seeing a lot more of Sophie and Edward, which I'm happy to see taking on more responsibility within the royal family. Because obviously now that we don't have Harry and Meghan, Prince Andrew, (laughs) it's all falling to... And Charles and Camilla, Catherine and William, and the Wessexes. <laughs> yeah. So um, we didn't have any news about the Princess Royal. That doesn't mean she didn't do anything. She was probably out there with about 50 engagements this week. We just didn't have anything on the socials to let us know about it. I'm sure we'll hear some um, Anne news next week for all the Anne lovers out there me included uh, let's move on then to our main part of the show which is the royal news so let's get on with it so this week it was announced that princess beatrice had her baby yay some baby news some baby news finally so buckingham palace released a statement which said her Royal Highness Princess Beatrice and Mr. Eduardo Mapelli Mozzi are delighted to announce the safe arrival of their daughter on Saturday, the 18th of September 2021, at the Chelsea and Westminster Hospital, London. The baby weighs six pounds and two ounces. The new baby's grandparents and great grandparents have all been informed and are delighted with the news. The family would like to thank all the staff at the hospital for their wonderful care. Her Royal Highness and her child are both doing well and the couple are looking forward to introducing their daughter to her big brother, Christopher Wolfe. Yes. So, I, to be honest, this came out of the blue because for me, I thought it was, we had another couple of weeks and then it just popped up. I was like, oh, okay, here we go. Yeah, because I saw some things going around online that was like, oh, Beatrice has been admitted to hospital. And I was like, oh, I hope nothing's wrong. Mm. And then... It wasn't until obviously this week that it was announced that she had the baby last week, mm. which was a surprise. Obviously, the main thing was what's the name going to be? Yeah. And we put a poll up on our Instagram because a lot of people were saying because the Italian connection, maybe something like Isabella, Isabel. And then a lot of people were saying maybe because of Prince Philip, Philippa. I personally think Isabel, Isabella and Elizabeth is definitely going to be a middle name. Yeah, so my my prediction is Isabella Elizabeth Alice. That's my that's my prediction. Oh, that's, that's my, a good one. Yeah, that's my prediction. But then I also was speaking to someone and they said maybe a middle name will be Sarah after her mother. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be, I mean, who knows? Did anyone predict the name August? <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And what was really sweet was Princess Eugenie posted on her Instagram and it was just the sweetest message. And you can tell that they have like a real sisterly bond. And she said to my dearest BB and Edo, congratulations on your new angel. I can't wait to meet her. And I'm so proud of you. We're going to have so much fun watching our children grow up. Aww. Aww. And she wrote something else, didn't she, about her being an auntie? 
Yeah, she put to my new niece, I love you already and think you're just awesome from the photos. We're going to have so much fun together. Oh, I love cool auntie vibes. I just yeah. I try my best to be a cool auntie. So you can just imagine little August and whatever the baby's going to be called growing up together. And yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting to see and it'll be interesting to hear what her name's going to be because I don't think when Eugenie had her baby it was about a week after that we found out the name and sometimes it's we we haven't heard a name up until about two months afterwards so uh you know we'll have to hold our breath and as we always say watch this space we'll let you know hopefully next week and as we move forward we had the Prince Philip documentary on the BBC this week. Unfortunately, I don't think it was a worldwide release. It was just in the UK. Uh, but I have heard other people who found it on YouTube. Cough, cough. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but what did you think of the well first off Rach what was the what was the documentary for? Well originally it was set for to celebrate Philip's 100th birthday and you could tell that as they as they were playing the interviews, some of it was filmed before he had passed away and some of it was filmed after because it was they were talking in past tense in some parts and pretense in others. Yeah. Um, so it was just a documentary and basically celebrate his life, his life's work, his role as a consort, his role as a husband, a father, a grandfather and a great grandfather. Yeah. What did you think in, in total of the of the documentary? I thought it was just such a lovely tribute to him. I thought it was really beautiful, emotional and really heartwarming. And I'm actually glad that we got to see the family side of this man because a lot of people will know him as Prince Philip, the Queen's husband, the longest serving consort in history. Mm. But I felt like we got a real personal side to him because when, especially when they were, you know, telling you stories about things that he had done as a, as a father or a grandfather. And it was just so sweet to hear those things. What did you think? I, I thought it was one of the, the best documentaries I've ever seen on any member of the royal family. I thought it was so tastefully done. And I actually thought, ITV, take note. This is how you do a documentary. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So there's a few things that came up for me, especially because we've just recorded the Crown special of season one. And in that is when Prince Philip starts his pilot journey and there was this lovely moment of I can't remember it was a member of his staff I can't remember who it the lady was what her role was the lady was called Alexandra McCreary and she is a um she she is the archivist amazing she started looking through Prince Philip's flight book and there was a moment where she was like oh he flew Concorde Wow. And then Harry was looking through and and was talking about how he was flying on all of the royal engagements at a certain point in time. Yeah. And it's something I never knew. Yeah. And Harry also did a um, impression, didn't he, of the Queen when they were talking about um, Prince Philip's flying. And he was saying, I can just imagine my grandmother sitting there being like, oh, Philip. (laughs) What about turbulence? <laughs> they're off to, I, I don't, can't remember what it was said in the flight book, but they went to Mumbai and all different places. And he'd flown there. He flew the plane to those places. So, yeah. and Incredible. Yeah. And Harry did say, like, it's any opportunity. You have to get your flying hours in. It doesn't matter who you are, whether you're a prince or whatever. You have to, like, those flying hours need to be accrued. And he got that any way he could. And obviously he flew the Queen around the world so 
what I loved is obviously being a royalist, being somebody who loves the royals and tries to find out every bit of information. When you watch this documentary, there was things you've never heard of before. And it was so refreshing, actually. The fact that when you watch Netflix, you see this depiction of this man and how they've um, portrayed him. But then actually seeing his logbook, his logbook with all of the flights they've done, you realize he's a real human being and with skills and knowledge that is so remarkable that it just takes your level of respect for him to like the stratosphere. Mm. And it's not just him wanting to fly because he's bored, you know, in Buckingham yeah. Palace. It just reminds me that Netflix, The Crown, is that it's it's a it's a depiction of of real humans, but it was lovely to have the real human story. Yeah, I loved that you got to see inside of his office. Yeah, yeah. I loved that. And the little, there was little photos around and photos of the queen. And I was yeah. like, oh, oh, bless him. What I most enjoyed was his library. Now that oh is what you call a like, library. It was like a Beauty and the Beast library, wasn't it? It was amazing. He oh. had books about the royal family, about politics, about anything and everything. Cooking. Who knew? He likes cook. Who knew Prince Philip was a fan of the hairy bikers? <laughs> the hairy bikers. <laughs> Who knew that? Now we do. <laughs> and apparently now the hairy bikers know that and they're very happy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Honestly, I, I think we could do like a whole episode on this Prince Philip documentary and like the amount of notes I've got of it is brilliant. Let's talk yeah. about some things that were so like heart wrenching for me. As you know, I'm a crier. Um, I make no bones about it. But watching it, I didn't cry until... When uh, Prince Philip passed away, Prince Charles came out to do his speech, uh, like in front of the, the press. Now, the reason why for me, I that for me really put on, like made me cry, is because I think the standout person throughout the whole of this documentary was Prince Charles. And I think this is a, this really is a side of him that ne I wouldn't say never gets seen, but people really only see our Charles diana cheated on or whatever right but actually you see the human you see this is my dad this is the person i looked up to he helped me like he he taught me things you you feel the warmth and the the love and the absolute admiration prince charles had for prince philip and that really came across in this documentary. We saw another side of Charles. I don't think other people may may see. And just one thing that, and that's the reason for me as well, we'd gone through this journey with Prince Charles and I was so happy that um, the stories he told and how he told them was so... Um, it was that happy memories, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, it, was so, it was so heartwarming. And then when he actually had the courage the day after his dad had passed away to then do that press um interview and I was just like whoa that took a lot of courage that yeah. took a lot of um you know um fortitude to get up there and to and you and that that's what made me cry it made me cry the fact that I went on this journey with the family who've lost such a significant family member and another point though just to finish off what I was just saying I think for the longest time, I've worried about when the queen dies, what the monarchy is going to look like. But actually, within the Prince Philip documentary, we didn't see the queen and she was held together. You know, the, the memory of Prince Philip was held together by these family members. 
And there was this reassurance that we're going to be okay. We're going to be okay with Prince Charles and Camilla. Mm. We're going to be okay. She famously doesn't give interviews anyway. So I never expected her to be on it. But just adding on to what you were saying about Prince Charles was that, again, going back to, you know, depictions of the crown or, you know, press back in the day, we've always had this, you know, Charles and his father don't have a very close relationship. But I actually, I felt the same with you. He And he, Charles himself actually said, you know, I, I have happy memories. You know, it was nice having young parents because, you know, they was able to do like silly games. And there was, um, I, I wanted to talk about the moment when he was talking to Prince Philip about his birthday. And they were like, oh, well, we were just discussing whether you're going to have a reception. He was like, what? And, you know, he was like, oh, he was a bit deaf at this point. And then he was like, well, I've got to be alive for it, haven't I? And I was just like, <laughs> classic Philip comeback. That right there is. Yeah. <laughs> classic yeah. Philip. The bit I got emotional about was when Princess Eugenie was talking about the fact that she'd named August, August Philip, after her grandfather. Mm. And she was saying, you know, she had the chance um, to bring them together so that they could meet. And she, she was really grateful for that moment. Yeah. And she was saying, you know, grandpa, we named him after you. And I was just like, Oh, and you could tell she was getting a bit choked up just thinking back on that time as well. Yeah. One of the stories that for me, I, well, I was watching it in bed and I think I nearly woke Philip laughing, but um, (laughs) when Prince William was saying about them being in Scotland and they came across <laughs> they came across a few uh, Duke of Edinburgh um uh, participants yeah. on a like a scouting thing in the in the mountains and and Prince Philip um <laughs> stopped the car and was like hello how are you doing and one of the <laughs> one, one of the uh, the students went do one grandpa <laughs> jog on grandpa weren't it jog on grandpa jog on and, on, and then he said something like oh we rolled up the window and he was like oh the youth of today yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then prince william was like he didn't say jog on grandpa he said something yeah. way more explicit <laughs> but i thought i'd edit myself <laughs> for the documentary <laughs> oh it was so oh. funny oh i loved the story of when um because we've heard before king of the barbecue yeah this was brought up several times by several (laughs) family members and there was that sweet story of when they were younger there was a mustard tube and he used to squish the grandkids hands together so the mustard would shoot up and hit the ceiling and Zara and Peter was like I swear those uh, those stains are still on the ceiling somewhere (laughs) (laughs) I loved Zara talking about when Prince Philip went to the Olympics in 2012 to watch her. Mm. She was so, and you could see Peter said, oh, that must have been a very proud moment for him as well. And you could tell it dawned on Zara, like, oh yeah, I'm sure he was very proud. And that was lovely to see. Yeah. The the lady that I spoke about earlier, the archivist, she loved Prince Philip and she said he was just a wonderful person to work for. And she teared up quite a few mm. times, didn't she? Whilst talking about him, you can tell how beloved he was, not just by his family, but by the people who worked for him. When I was looking back on it, the interviewer said, oh, do you do you miss him? And she said enormously, I don't think that people understood what he had given. He has been involved in so many areas of this country's public life. And again, like 
it's not we're royalists but it's not until you watch something like that and they were talking about the WWF the Duke of Edinburgh Awards and this and that and it was like wow he has contributed so much to this public to the public's way of life and it's not until something like this happens and someone passes away that you actually realize the significance of what they did at that time and especially you know as we've said before the era that from the 50s all the way up to now how much that role would have changed yeah yeah we do talk in depth about the uh, you know we've given prince philip his own episode it's episode six if you want to go back and listen to it on, on the podcast it's me and rachel's tribute to prince philip and we talk about his life so if you want to know more about you know his wwf um uh, and duke of edinburgh awards that type of thing you can he- head on over to episode six once you finish listening to this one something i really enjoyed actually was the story of him going to gordonston and it was a piece of the puzzle Rach, that i always wondered about like why was it so significant for him to go to Gordonstone and then you find out it's because the guy that was in Germany that he went to the German school was the, the founder of Gordonstone yeah. I didn't know that so it was it, it reminds like oh no wonder no wonder he wanted Prince Charles to go there and all the children like yeah I, I get yeah. it now I loved seeing Lady Louise oh Lady Louise she made a debut Lady Louise well, it's the first time we've heard hear her speak. We've seen her throughout the years. Obviously, as we've said before, this year with Prince Philip passing, she's taken a bit more of a centre viewpoint in the terms of seeing more of her. Yeah. But to one, actually hear her speak and at, to hear her speak so fondly of her grandfather and the passion that they shared for carriage driving, it was just lovely. And you could tell that they had like a really special relationship. Yeah. And she said after a competition he would always ask me how it went his eyes would light up because he just gets so excited when he talks about it and this way she was talking about the carriage driving and she actually herself took part in the Duke of Edinburgh award scheme Mm. and she was saying like oh I I hope he was proud of me you know I hope I hope I made him proud and I was like oh Louise he was proud of you yeah of course he was oh I thought she was so elegant and so well-spoken in the sense that she was able to articulate her emotions and her memories. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm, I'm kind of saying like, she's a 12 year old girl. She is 18. She knows how to talk. <laughs> well, she'd be 18 this year, won't she? Yeah. yeah. She's had the best education in Britain. So of course she's going to be well-spoken, but what was lovely was just hearing her, to be honest, the, the, Viscount Seven and Lady Louise are kind of we don't really see them. Obviously, Viscount Seven he's he's young, so we're not going to see him yet. But it was just great to have her as part of the documentary and for her to start taking her her rightful place within the significance of the family that she was born in. Yeah, absolutely. A lot. I think we put up on our Instagram like what people thought if you managed to watch the documentary, and someone said I didn't understand why Zara and Peter were together. Hmm. And don't forget, part of this was filmed before Prince Philip passed. And at that time, the UK was still in the midst of a lockdown. So it's even possible that their families were bubbling together. They live on the the same um, area. They live quite close to each other. So maybe that's why. And I think a lot of people, because they haven't got titles, wouldn't necessarily know who Peter and Zara were because... You know, we don't really see them in an official capacity. Which is actually very interesting that Sir Tim Lawrence was there as well, which I loved. Yeah, and I was surprised at that. And I think actually he held quite, um, he had quite a close relationship by the sounds of it as well. Another p- poignant point for me 
was um, I didn't know the Prince Philip was a painter. And he actually gave Eugenie a picture of flowers for a wedding as a yeah. present. And honestly, my heartstrings were like, oh my goodness <laughs> me, that is just beautiful. And she was like, it's in my, it's, you know, it's pride it's in place, my, in my flats. Yeah. And oh, honestly, my heart just melted. Because that is something that money can't buy. Absolutely. You know, they yeah. have all this money, but that is something. How special to receive a gift like yeah. that. Yeah. And guess what, Rach? You know, last time we always say we don't see Sandringham. We actually saw the gardens of Sandringham in this documentary. Oh, and we, yes. Yeah, William was talking about falling in love with Norfolk and um, that was down to Prince Philip. And also the amazing fact that Prince Philip was had a hand in planting, you know, with all his initiatives, planted two million trees in his lifetime. Yeah, absolutely amazing. Two million trees. Yeah. Wow just amazing stuff and he actually said didn't he um come in here and live in here everything that's that he's done has led up to Catherine and I feeling that this part of the country is where we want to be in yeah we love this area it feels like home and that's because of what he's created yeah yeah what did you think about Prince Andrew being in the documentary He wasn't really in it for long. I think that was purposeful. That was purposeful, yeah. Yeah, They obviously (laughs) didn't put him in for long. But I always feel like um, the way he started, he he was like, my children had a very special relationship with their grandfather. As if to say, nobody else did. It was just his children. And I was like, all right, mate, calm down a bit. (laughs) (laughs) Me, myself and I. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, Yeah, I mean, obviously he was going to be in it, but I'm glad we didn't get to see a lot of him, to be fair. Yeah, I think there was just a a right dose of Prince Andrew. Like he was just like a little slither of him and off he went. Yeah. Um, I also enjoyed Anne telling some antidotes about Prince Philip. And (laughs) she was saying about her trying to cast fishes. And he was like, oh, (laughs) what did he say? He was like, oh, I can see that she said, I'm not very good. He said, no, give it a go. Give it a go. Yeah. (laughs) And she did. He's like, oh, yeah, no, you're not good. No, yeah, exactly. And um, I, I really like seeing Camilla and oh, talking yeah. about um, the way that she's learned how to basically what her role will be when Charles becomes king, that she has learned that from watching Philip over the years. Yeah, yeah she said that he, he'd been a great source of inspiration and um, yeah. a, a way of obviously for Prince Philip, he needed to carve that role out, whereas she had a role model to help her in that being a consort so, and and actually you, you can see that within Prince Charles and Camilla when they're out on engagements she has a, a lending ear with Prince Philip to ask him questions and how he's dealt with things as Prince Philip has said quite a few times in interviews it's not a role that you put on it's just something that you are and you just live it and breathe it and if you start putting the role on it's not it doesn't it doesn't um it's not as authentic you don't connect with people yeah it's not authentic. we didn't really get to see a lot of Beatrice did we um but she did mention that he was a quick wit yeah which I think we already knew that didn't we I mean he's had a few faux pas in his day let's put it that way but the one thing I actually really loved was when we went to Windsor there were a few of his books and we know that he's written 14 books and there was the birds from Britannia book. And what was interesting is seeing that on the Saturday in real life, one of his books. And then on the Wednesday, somebody opening up the book and showing the pictures within it. Yeah. Um, and his love for birds and for, um, you know, 
the plight of animal habitats uh, throughout the world, especially they, they said that some of his documentaries on the BBC, which I knew nothing about, by the way, had predated David Attenborough doing anything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There was that clip, wasn't there, where um, he was he was given a talk and it, he was with a young Prince Charles there as well. With Prince Charles, with the biggest comb over I have ever seen <laughs> in my life. Oh. very of its time very of very its style of its back time. in the day yeah but overall I just thought it was such a fitting tribute to him um he was obviously just such a loved member of the family and like William said like everything we've done is in his steed basically and I couldn't agree with you more there Rach there was a bit of controversy that Catherine wasn't a part of the documentary I mean I love seeing Catherine doing anything so I would have loved to have seen her and tell her her stories of of meeting Prince Philip, especially possibly that when she did the Duke of Edinburgh, maybe having that conversation with him. But, you know, she wasn't in there. I'm sure there's a million reasons why she wasn't in there. I don't think, though, that she would have added anything more, to be honest, because the whole point was that it was his children and grandchildren. Yes, you did have Sophie. Yes, you did have Sir Tim Lawrence. But I get the feeling that they were obviously quite close because they lived near to Windsor Great Park, um, which is where obviously Andrew, Edward and Sophie live. They all live in the same area, which obviously we found out when we went to Windsor yeah. last week. We asked one of the volunteers, <laughs> where, where is the Royal Lodge from here? <laughs> yeah, we're like, where's the Royal Lodge? And she was, oh, it's miles away. You have to, it's in the car, you have to drive about 20 minutes. And we're like, oh, right, okay. We're not, not going that. there then. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, but I do think, Rach, when you think of the children, there's four children. Um, then you've got Tim Lawrence as a partner. You've got Camilla as a partner. You've got Sophie as a partner. Andrew doesn't have a partner. But then when you go to the grandchildren, that's adding an extra partner for all of those grandchildren. So maybe they mm. said, well, actually, let's not bother with the partners of the grandchildren. Let's just do the immediate children and their partners because then yeah. the, the, the documentary would have been about three hours which I mean I would be listening and yeah. watching every single moment of but not potentially a good thing for the BBC for an hour-long documentary and what I enjoyed was um I was speaking to someone at work and she had watched it and she's not she's not particularly a royalist but even she was like, wow, I didn't know this about him I didn't know that I found that really interesting yeah and she was like and I just I just really enjoyed it and I was like, oh, well, you know, listen to our podcast. <laughs> yeah. And, and do you know what? Something that Phil said, my husband, I said he started watching a part of it before he went to sleep. And I said, you honestly, it's one of the best documentaries I've seen on a person, regardless mm. of whether, who it is. It's a very wonderful documentary. And he's watching it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right now so it's a great documentary not just for royalists but for anybody who's interested in a fantastic story and his story is so remarkable I think even I've, I've read somewhere that said if this was a Hollywood movie it'd still be like unbelievable yeah what a life that man has led what he's seen what he's done in his lifetime it's just incredible and that was only in an hour's tv show like you said that could have gone on for three hours to try and fit everything because they obviously just highlighted just some of the work that he had yeah. done yeah so as always thank you sir for your lovely service to our country and it was just a pleasure to watch yeah so that's it for this week's episode as we said at the beginning of the show the crown season one special will be coming next week Woo-hoo! so stay tuned for that we don't know how long it's going to be yet because Michelle <laughs> needs to edit it 
<laughs> probably about six hours now I'm joking yeah. it'll probably be about a, a, at least an hour plus is what I think please leave us a review like and share the podcast with anyone you know who may love it as much as we love making it for you we want to grow the royal community and make sure that everyone is getting loads and loads of royal news every single week so thank you so much for doing that in advance if you would like to get in touch with us please feel free to email us keeping up with the windsors pod at gmail.com and why not become part of the royal community if i head in over to instagram at keeping up with the windsors pod i'm sure there's going to be lots more windsor stuff over there thank you so much for listening to this week's episode and as always we'll see you next week on keeping up with the windsors, windsors.